Check out the 2017 Nissan Rogue Rogue One Star Wars Limited Edition before it's gone. There are only 5,000 limited editions, so hurry, learn more at NissanUSA.com. Once they're gone, they're gone. Visit NissanUSA.com to find a dealer near you. From Tops comes the all-new digital card collecting app, Star Wars Card Trader. For the first time ever, collect and trade everything from legendary 1977 Star Wars cards to new cards featuring exclusive content, all from the comfort of your mobile device. Star Wars Card Trader. These are the cards you're looking for. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. This is Rebel Force Radio. Your source for the Force. Star Wars news and commentary. With Jason Swank and Jimmy Mack. I've seen Star Wars 500 times. Star Wars number one. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. I suggest we use it. Now it's time for Rebel Force Radio. We would be honored if you would join us. It's kind of fun again going out into the stores and looking for Star Wars stuff. With the 40th anniversary merch showing up. Picked up a few things. And uh, really excited about that vintage line. That's a lot of uh, a lot of space. A lot of space can be taken up on my shelf with all of those. Well, we've got a great show for you this week here, Rebel Force Radio, for the week of April 28th, 2017. I promise this is not going to be about toy runs. But uh, while we're on the subject, I know I'm not the only one that's been on a toy run. You know who else has been looking for merchandise these days? My good friend and yours from Chicago, Jimmy Mack. Hey, Jason. Hey, Star Wars fans. Yes, somehow still able to spend money following our shopping spree in Orlando. But uh, yeah, well, you're yeah, right, you Jason. saved a lot of money by, uh, you know, chewing all of the uh, the vendors down. Oh, yeah, that really went you know, well. The negotiator. Too. Yeah, yeah, That's what we call you now. Aggressive negotiations. <laughs> yeah. You can hear us talk about that on RFR Rush Hour number five, which we uh, just released this week. And that's available at patreon.com slash Rebel Force Radio to anyone who wants to hear it starting next month. Those Patreon exclusives will become actually exclusive. And uh, we'll have some more information on a little bit of restructuring we're going to be doing with Patreon and some uh, new offers. And uh, that'll be coming next week. Look for it all to uh, to happen on May the 4th. May the 4th oh, yes. be with you. Yes. So, uh, but yeah, we'll be talking about that. Check out Rush Hour right now. It's out. We talk about celebration. We talk about recovering from celebration. We talk about pants. We talk about all kind of things. <laughs> we, do, we do talk about pants. Yeah. Very, very important topic. We all need to wear pants if we want to be considered uh, something that you could file away in the sociably acceptable category. Yeah. So For we now. were pants. We were pants. But what what I'm looking to bring back is the shorty robe. Now I want to make that sociably the shorty acceptable. robe. You know, speaking of the shorty robe, I don't know if you saw this. Uh, you know, Mark Hamill's great to follow on Twitter, and uh, 
I, I don't know if he put it out first or if someone put out the photo and Mark commented on it. But there was a uh, very rarely seen production photo, behind the scenes photo of Mark there, I, I believe, uh, in Tunisia, shooting some of the uh, the Tatooine scenes in his shorty robe, but without the but he was wearing uh, like a like a pair of khakis almost like a pair of chinos not the, the the wrappings and he also had sort of this under uh wrapping around his chest that you could see uh as the shorty robe was kind of uh you know open a little bit and they were and they were asking him on twitter if that was to cover up his nipples and uh <laughs> He said he couldn't believe that that because uh, that was a, a a photo that you know was was not to be shown because it showed him it wasn't necessarily the uh, the guard underneath the shorty robe but it was that he wasn't wearing the correct leggings you know those wrapped leggings as opposed to these these pants he was, did you see that did you see no that photo? and I just googled Mark Hamill's shorty robe yeah and uh, I don't see the photo where can I find this. Well, if you go to Twitter, um, yeah. which I, I advise you, you wear a hazmat suit when you go there, because <laughs> it is a hive of scum and villainy. But but, but you look for Mark. Uh, let's see here. How far down is it? Uh, let's see. Okay. I hate Trump. I hate Trump. I hate Trump. Uh, wait, where is it? It's... Uh, well, you know, it may have been a response to someone who posted it, but it is a great um, it's a great history lesson. Oh, here's his picture of um, Mark and Harrison backstage at uh, Celebration. Uh, oh, these are cute pictures. I have not seen these before. That's great. That's great. All right. Uh, yeah, shoot, I'm, I'm looking find- at Mark's Mark's account. I can't get it to load or anything, so. Well, I, I'm I'm thinking now that somebody posted the photo and he replied to it. Um, I gotta I gotta find this and we'll no shorty we'll, we'll, we'll find it. it and we'll put it on our Facebook page. But you know, Carrie Fisher famously said that uh, you know George had allegedly told her that there's no underwear in space, so she wore duct tape instead of underwear to keep her you know, herself together mm-hmm. as she was running through the halls of the Death Star. Um, so here you got Luke, Mark Hamill, having to kind of do the same thing, <laughs> wrap down his, his man boobs. Um, but uh, it, it's just a, an interesting bit of Star Wars history there. Mark Hamill did shot. not have moobs <laughs> in the 70s. I can't speak no. for I can't speak for Mark Hamill now, but he was move free uh, during the, the shooting okay. of the original Star Wars. All right, well you have to look for that. We'll have it. We'll have it up there. But we've got a jam packed show. Like I said, we've got uh, uh, some new interview highlights from Ryan Johnson. Of course, he's talking about the Last Jedi. Uh, Ashley Eckstein opening up about the future of Ahsoka, and we're saying future of Ahsoka. Also, we've been teasing this uh, for a while, and we're so glad we finally got him. Uh, F.J. DeSanto, our good pal, uh, also co-writer of uh, the, the latest um, 
in the Smugglers uh, series, Smugglers Revenge, as seen at uh, Celebration Orlando. FJ uh, hanging out with us later on in the program to really lay down some serious Last Jedi theories. Uh, Jim, he thinks he's got it all figured out. Yeah, yeah. He has predictions. He warned me. He said, I'm going to need 15 minutes uninterrupted. (laughs) So I said, well, Kyle Newman is also scheduled to be on the show. And then FJ didn't respond to the text. And then Kyle, (laughs) unfortunately, had to drop out. Or if you're FJ DeSanto, Kyle fortunately dropped out. (laughs) So the floor will be totally FJ DeSanto's, and he is going to lay down some incredible predictions, I'm sure, about The Last Jedi. FJ told me he's been practicing this. He's been rehearsing? He's been rehearsing, yeah. He's been in rehearsals. So We don't uh, even rehearse. No, no. So, obviously. So, um, FJ is going to be joining us later on, and I can't wait to hear what he has to say. Yeah, and the trailer talk doesn't end there. Uh, We'll also be playing uh, an interview that we did with Jeremy Meadows from the floor of Star Wars Celebration uh, Orlando 2017, where we, Jeremy, in addition to being a great ambassador, obviously, for Nissan, is a huge Star Wars fan, and his passion is just so palpable for... uh, uh, Star Wars, and he is ready to dish about the trailer as well. So yeah. that's all coming up. Yeah, it was so, fun to visit. It was fun to visit the Nissan booth. It was a lot of people were buzzing about that booth, just being the most visually outstanding of pretty much all the booths on the floor. You can see it from across the exhibition hallway, and they were featuring that incredible Nissan 360 degree Star Wars virtual reality. And yeah, uh, that right. was that was the most amazing virtual reality experience I've ever had in my limited experience with virtual reality. This was really cool. So I've heard. I, I have to confess something about this. Okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. right. Well, they were great. I mean, they're so fabulous at Nissan, and and they were so kind, and they 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 kind of allowed Jimmy Mac and myself. To kind of because there was there was a line uh, constantly at this booth for the virtual reality experience. And so they they had several stations and they kind of grabbed two and let, you know, kind of put uh, Jim and myself up towards the, you know, at the head of the line. We got to go in there and do it. And I I strapped on the uh, the the virtual reality headgear and, you know, you put the headgear on and then the little uh, uh, headphone flaps come down. And as soon as the credits sort of, you know, like the, the main titles came on, I realized I was not going to be able to handle this. Wow. Um, I, you know, I, have a, I deal with kind of that sensory deprivation freak out, but it really wasn't that. I have to confess, I, I partook in some adult beverages the night before. Oh, is that what it is? And now you come yeah, clean. I, I, I got to come clean on it. Oh, I did. I, I partook in some adult beverages uh, the night before. And, 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 and Jeremy, I, I was so dumb because I psyched myself out. I said to Jeremy, I said, uh, hey, has anybody gotten sick here? You know, and he's like, you know what? Uh, no one did until just this morning. And we had a lady who did it and she just got a little dizzy and she went down afterward. You know, virtual reality has an effect on certain people. But that was the only one. And I'm sitting there going, oh, my gosh, well, I can't be the next one. I cannot be the one that blows chunks all over the rebel insignia there on the floor. 
You know, I had that beautiful no, carpet. Yeah. Oh, that was great. And for a, while, a time, I was actually discouraging people from walking across that carpet. And I said, no, no, no. You do not walk across the rebel insignia. Walk around. Sacrosanct. But then, yeah. yeah, the guys from Nissan came over to me and they're like, you know, you might be scaring people away from the booth. You better you better disperse. It's a little so, counter to what their goal was. Which yeah, is what, what my there. goal was. I was actually trying to get more people into that booth just to, you know, enjoy that virtual reality experience and i would have really enjoyed it if you blew chunks all over the booth because oh, we did I know have you would have we had sheldon there rolling <laughs> video and I, I know that would have been that would have been a blooper for the ages yeah but, yeah uh, the video yeah so there's a video of uh of our time there at the booth so hopefully that'll be uh, released here in the near future and uh and and maybe even as part of the web series, When the Galaxy Listens. So anyway, great that we'll be uh, playing that from Jeremy. But we've got so much uh, happening in the news here these days for Star Wars. We've got to get right to it. I have good news for you, my lord. That's good news. Come closer, I have good news. All right, Ryan Johnson could not escape the microphone of Josh Horowitz from MTV in Orlando. And, you know, this is a popular, popular question, Jim, because after The Force Awakens came out, many people, some saw it as a criticism, some saw it as a sign of brilliance from J.J. Abrams about how they took sort of the, uh, I wouldn't say the plot, but perhaps the structure of episode four, and gave it a fresh coat of paint, and that's what we got with The Force Awakens. The beats, you might say, as a storyteller. Uh, and so there was, and I remember in the first couple of episodes of this program that we did following um, The Force Awakens releases, you know, we were speculating immediately, does that mean that Episode 8 is going to follow the pattern? Will Episode 8 have any similarities or echo the plot? the beats of the empire strikes back after seeing the trailer. I said, wow, you could probably call this movie the first order strikes back. So Ryan Johnson, uh, not just on Twitter, but also here with Josh Horowitz speaks to that very question. Well, I think sort of by necessity, yes, just because it's a middle chapter of a three-part story. And so it's going to be the one where you slow down a little bit and kind of, dig into the characters and figure out, okay, you've had this spectacular setup, you've met these characters and you care about them. This is the part where we kind of define them so that the closing chapter, you care about where they end up. So because of that, by necessity, there are some things that are definitely going to be echoes of what happens in one of the best middle chapters of all time, you know, Empire Strikes Back. But it's also, I think hopefully wholly unique because these are different characters than there were in empire this is and they're on different paths and they're in different places in their lives so no that is not a denial no (laughs) that is not a denial no especially when he uses words like echoes you know that there's going to be those similar beats right right there's going to be now we're going to be dealing with the cliffhanger ending I mean, let's just call it right now. Sure. It's going to be a cliffhanger ending. We're not going to know what the outcome is going to be. We're, we might be left, you know, wondering, like with Han Solo after Empire Strikes Back, is he ever going to survive it? Are we ever even going to see Han again? Or is that it? Could be similar. Very similar. Right. Well, this does 
kind of um, fly in the face of a Twitter exchange that Ryan Johnson had with a uh, a, a, a a fan, someone yeah. commenting. Um, apparently, uh, a guy Greg. I don't know who Greg is, but uh, Greg Burke eighty five. He tweeted that uh, after seeing the trailer, he had concerns that it's just going to be repeating the story beats of The Empire Strikes Back. Um, and he said, uh, in fact, he said, uh, nothing new to see here after the the trailer release. Um, and Ryan Johnson responded on Twitter and said, Greg is right, actually. I've spent the last three years just copying Empire. So a little, um, a little snark from uh, from from Ryan, but uh, in that clip we just played from MTV, uh, it does sound as though, you know, he opens up by talking about well, you know, you're going to have certain conventions and certain rules that apply to any middle chapter of a story, and that is where you sink in. I mean, we've heard Irvin Kirshner talk about that structurally. That's what happens in the middle chapter. That's why Kirsch was really, really hell-bent on rounding out these characters and giving them more depth, more definition. Uh, so Ryan is is backing that up, um, but uh, he's certainly not out there distancing himself from The Empire Strikes Back. That's for sure. No. Hey, that tweet... That yeah. Ryan responded to was that directed toward him? Was that like an at Ryan Johnson tweet? I believe so. Yes. All right. Because yeah. I'm not, you know, I was just wondering why was he even be wasting his time on Twitter and you know confronting fans that way? I mean, just let them think whatever they want to think. I just you know this whole sort of notion that the creators and the insiders who work on these films should be out there shooting down speculation or rumors via tweets. It just sucks, man. That's killjoy stuff. Let fandom think what fandom wants to think. You know, maybe Well, I, I think that I think that I don't know that Greg's comment, Greg Burke eighty five, uh was necessarily intended to offer speculation it was more of a criticism of what he saw on the trailer um he said let me see if i can pull up the actual tweet here um but you know what i'm saying yeah, he's yeah. ryan johnson he's working on star wars yeah so i mean he's got bigger fish to fry than yeah just, he says they're good so so gregor's says uh, they're just going to copy empire nothing new here and then greg uh re- you know responded and I, i'm not i'm not i'm not saying that you're wrong um but, but i i will say there's something about you know i honest to god i there's just something about that medium that medium it's a, something about the 140 odd characters that just brings out the worst in people it really does I just don't. I think it's so unique to Twitter. I just you don't see that kind of snark. You know, everybody's trying to be clever. Ryan has a certainly has a has a right to respond to his critics, but kind of getting down in the weeds, right? Right. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Now, here's a this is an interest. I'm very interested in hearing his response to this because I haven't heard these clips. Uh, Josh, who by the way is a great interviewer when it comes to Star Wars, like the guy knows his stuff. Um. 
But he asks a great question here. What's going to be in the crawl if The Last Jedi picks up right after The Force Awakens ends? Is it just going to basically summarize uh, what we just saw in The Force Awakens? I mean, the crawls have you know, famously filled in the gaps in between the Star Wars films. Um, so what is there for the crawl to say? There's still some stuff to set up, though, because it's even if it picks up right where the left one, last one left off, there's still a lot of unanswered questions about just like where what the state of everything is. So we still get that. You're still we were able to fill three paragraphs. Yeah, <laughs> I guess there's not much to fill, but uh, you know, there's no real surprises, right? What surprises could there be in that crawler? Well, keep in mind, yeah. there were things that developed. Between the time of Ray returning to the Resistance base with Chewie and, uh, you know, the big Chewie hug snub and all that, there is a, a period I love that of song. That's what the Ewoks sing, right? Chewie hug, hug snub. snub. Yeah, hug snub. B -b -b hug snub. Um, there is a, there's a, a, a brief period of time there. When Ray must be preparing to go off on the Falcon to Octu, mm -hmm. you know, they didn't just find the map. R2 didn't just turn on, show them the segment of the map that they needed. And then Ray said, okay, that's it. Fire up the Falcon. We're out of here. No, there had to be a little period of time. Okay, okay. And during that, that period of time, maybe Ray got to get settled in a little bit, maybe got to know Leia a little bit. Um, the, the galaxy obviously dealing with a lot of turmoil in the wake of the destruction of Hossian Prime and Starkiller Base. And, of course, you know, the, there, there'll have to be something in the crawl that indicates Finn is recovering. And, you know, it'll probably say, you know, where's Poe? We don't know what Poe's doing. Yeah. Um, we know where Ray is, obviously. She's mm -hmm. just been standing there for two years holding that saber, and Mark's been staring <laughs> at her, and she's like, come on, my arm's dying here. But <laughs> And then he says, where's my hand? Right, yeah. You only have half my stuff. But, <laughs> but, you know, things like that, and there could be, you know, I mean, it all depends on how the film opens up. Is mm -hmm. the first shot going to instantly continue what we saw at the end of The Force Awakens. Well, then that means you're throwing away the Star Wars tradition of the scroll, you know, down or up, you know, the pan down or the pan up through space, landing on a ship, either approaching a planet or, or whatever. That's the Star Wars tradition. We even saw that in Rogue One. Yeah. So, um, you know, with uh, Krennic's shuttle approaching... Uh, the planet so um you know it would be really weird if i mean how would you dissolve out of the crawl into that scene with luke and ray that's not how the film is going to begin there's going to be something else there so the third paragraph of that crawl is going to set up the first thing we see what and if it, wait, wait, what if this though what if what if they change it up a little bit what if you see the Lucasfilm logo, and it fades into the very end of The Force Awakens with the lightsaber extended. And there's a moment, perhaps a line, or perhaps he takes the saber something, and then it cuts to 
the Star Wars logo and the crawl. And the crawl sort of fills in what's been going on. You know, that Rey has uh, begun her training as a Jedi Knight under the, the, you know, the teachings of Luke Skywalker, the last Jedi, blah, blah, blah. You think they might break the conventions a little bit? I think it's fair that you consider the possibilities, but no, I don't think they're going to break the conventions. <laughs> Not that at all. So, that was so diplomatic. I appreciate that you that you humored it for at least you know five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> and I think most of our listening audience did the same thing. But you know, yeah. it's with these saga films. You know, they they went outside the box for Rogue One, and we can expect unique openings for those Star Wars standalone mm-hmm. films. But when you're talking about the middle part of the third trilogy. Why break it then? Yeah, yeah, you're going to have to follow the tradition. I don't think anybody would accept it. But however, we do live in a a life now uh, where uh, the 007 franchise has been continuing the story from film to film and not featuring the gun barrel sequence at the beginning. So I don't even know what to think anymore about movie traditions. Yeah, I was your mind and mine were right in the same place. Uh, I was thinking about the Bond films and how that but, you know, that started with the clean slate of the Daniel Craig era. So uh, but you're right. It it doesn't make a lot of sense. But then again, I'm thinking to myself, well, um, it does. You know, this is the first time we've seen a Star Wars film pick up immediately following the events of the previous film. So who knows? Anything's to uh, anything could happen. Uh, finally, a uh, big question on everyone's mind. Uh, will the film live up to the expectations in terms of the questions, these questions that we have, these theories that we have, will the last Jedi uh, answer these burning questions in a satisfactory way? To Star Wars fans. Well, I don't know. I, I I hope that they're satisfied, but I also, you know, the least interesting thing in the in the world, I think, is just here's the answer to your question. You know, sliding the piece of paper over. But at the same time, the goal was never to, you know, let's draw up more mis- more questions. And, you know, so put it this way, I I hope that it's emotionally satisfying. You know, that's that that's always the goal for me. And so, um, it's never to kind of play coy and kind of toy people along. It's always about what's going to be emotionally satisfying and what's going to make sense for these characters. All right. So they're not looking to add more confusion. They, uh, you know, it's, it's there to deepen the characters, et cetera, et cetera. So um, I think there will be a lot of questions answered. I really do. Um, they're going to have to save some stuff, leave some stuff on the table for uh, episode nine. But, uh, I think that we'll certainly come away from episode eight knowing a heck of a lot more. And, you know, hopefully it's going to what I'm really hoping for, Jim, is that you have one of those moments when you walk out of eight and you go, oh, I can't wait to go back and watch seven again. I love that about, you know, what the Star Wars films have, have, you know, and the way episode seven made me feel about the original trilogy again and the way Rogue One certainly made me feel about episode four. I I, I think the events of The Last Jedi are going to make The Force Awakens a better film in our perspective, as far as our perspective goes, because we'll have more information. Mm -hmm. And if it does follow the similar beats to Empire Strikes Back, what can we expect 
from The Last Jedi. Well, look at the big ones from The Empire Strikes Back. And I'm not talking about the stuff on the surface. Someone gets trained in the Jedi arts or anything like that. I'm talking about the big ones. I'm talking about the fate of a character is in complete jeopardy at the end of the film. Han Solo in The Empire Strikes Back. Who's going to be the character or characters whose fate is left up in the air? We will be left wondering for two years until episode nine to find out whether or not these this character or these characters survive. That can be a beat that gets replicated. Also, the idea of an orphan finding out the identity of his or her parent. In Empire Strikes Back, Luke found out the identity of his father was Darth Vader. Will Ray have a similar shocking moment in episode eight? I'm thinking yes. I'm thinking yes. Um, obviously, we'll be talking to FJ, and he's really going to lay down some uh, of his well-thought-out uh, predictions for the film. But I'm just thinking in, in broad terms as far as these similar beats to Empire Strikes Back. You know, Ryan on Twitter denies that it's going to be a rehash of the film, and I believe Ryan. But he also does use that keyword echoes in his interview with um, MTV. So I think some of those echoes will be fate of a character left undetermined by the end of the film. Um, individual finds out the identity of their parentage. What's another big beat at the end of Empire Strikes Back that I might be missing here right now? Um, well, um you have a very injured uh, hero in Luke Skywalker. You know, he's still there in the medical bay having just received his mechanical hand. Right. You know, that's, uh, you know, because uh, we had, we kind of had that beat with Finn at the end of Force Awakens. That's what I'm thinking. That's you what know, I'm so thinking. maybe that's been there, done that. Yeah. But um, anyway, well, it's great. I, you know, I'm I'm enjoying these uh, moments of Ryan Johnson being interviewed. I think that he's, uh, I don't think he's ultra cagey about things. I think he's pretty, uh, you know, open and sounds like a very reasonable and affable guy. So uh, I'm enjoying hearing from him. Um, you know, one of the things that happened at, at Celebration was. The uh, there was a panel that Dave Filoni did about uh, un basically like what was the name of it? Jim? It was like unfinished characters or something along those lines. He did it with uh, with uh, with with Pablo. Um, it's a Clone Wars panel. Yeah, it was, un untold, it was a stories. Clone, untold stories. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. But it's kind of like unfinished business, right? Uh, in the from the Clone Wars and. When Dave starts the panel, he's wearing an Ahsoka Lives t-shirt, but it's a, Ahsoka Lives with a question mark. Oh, this was the season four panel on Saturday that you're, you're referencing. Oh, I'm getting confused, aren't I? Yeah, right, so it was, the, it was the season four panel for uh, Rebels where he was wearing the Ahsoka Lives shirt? Yes, with the question mark. And remember, he stood up in the front of the stage and he made the announcement that, yes, indeed, season four will be the final Season for Star Wars Rebels. Right. Right. Okay. So tears, yeah, tears in the building. You know, if you look closely, you know, some, some were saying, yeah, you could see that Filoni was getting a little misty on stage. 
So, you know, it's one of those, he was having a moment. And, uh, you know, um, we had all pretty much thought that season four was going to be it for Rebels. But the big question is, where's Dave Filoni going to go? But more importantly, what you're talking about is uh, specifically Dave's wardrobe at this panel. Yes, Dave's wardrobe at the panel. So I got the I got the wardrobe right. I got the panel wrong. I was thinking it was at the uh, at the Clone Wars panel. It was at the Rebels panel, where he was wearing the Ahsoka Lives question mark T shirt when the when he uh, went to the trailer for uh, season four. Uh, of course, the stage went black. He came back and he was wearing the same shirt, but instead of a question mark, it had an exclamation point. And so it was very subtle, but many have begun to speculate whether or not this could be a clue to the, is she alive? Is she not alive? It was left kind of ambiguous. I liken it to the end of The Sopranos, right? It's what you make it up. Although James Gandolfini died in real life, so I think that was the end of that. So all the talk about bringing him back for a movie, you know, all oh, that. What a lost had, opportunity. Yeah, yeah really, really, really was. So, but you know what? We're fortunate because Ashley Eckstein is still very much alive and with us. And she was also in Orlando and talked to the folks at Yahoo Movies. And they were asking her what she thought about the future of Ahsoka Tano, including the idea of an Ahsoka movie. I would love an Ahsoka movie. Not only the voice of Ahsoka, but just as an Ahsoka fan. It is so exciting that we're even talking about that. It's even a possibility to have either standalone film or other media with Ahsoka in it. Yeah. You know, I, my friend uh, Dave Sparks, he, he, his goal in life, I think, is to see an Ahsoka live-action film directed and written by Dave Filoni. Whoa. Could you imagine? Wow, that would be great. And, you know, I mean, something like that, that's not such a far-fetched little bit of speculation or prediction or whatever. You know, I mean, that could be a reality. Sure. Very easily. Very easily. I I love the idea of that. I really do. I really do. Um, So uh, they also talked to Ashley a little bit about Ahsoka's popularity. It doesn't seem like it's uh, going anywhere. Ahsoka started out as this brand new character that at first I thought was going to be the next Jar Jar that had mixed reactions, but she's become such a beloved character by everyone, boys, girls, men, women, and I play a small part of a team that brings Ahsoka to life. Yeah. Well, you know, Ashley, of course, very, very humble, but you know what? Yes, it was a team, but, you know, Ashley, she owned that character and continues to own that character in a right. big way. Uh, you yeah. know, she put a lot on the line. You know, I, you think about those early appearances that she would make. In fact, we were one of her very first interviews here at, uh, on our podcast. And, uh, she, you know, there was a lot riding on that. It was a leap of faith because she is right. The initial reaction to Ahsoka was mixed even before, uh, the, the series started with with the with the film people talking of you know the sky guy all that stuff right and and just some of the well this isn't canon anakin didn't have an apprentice you know all of right. that right yes so there was a lot of uh you know people second guessing it all i mean i i wasn't sold right away i wasn't yeah, but, sold right away yeah but you know what bolstered my confidence 
is the fact that George Lucas himself was running the whole show, basically, you know, especially yeah. in those early right. years. Uh, later, I, I, I think he started to show more confidence in Dave Filoni, and Dave definitely was given more leeway with yeah. how the show was produced. But just the fact that it was such a George project mm-hmm. is something that gave me the confidence in it. And I think it would give people like Ashley and Dave Filoni confidence in it too, where it would be like, uh, you know, he would say things to them that would maybe help them build confidence within themselves mm-hmm. because they trusted him. He'd been down that road so well, many times. You know, I also believe that it was Ashley being such a great, uh, so great with the fans. Oh, yeah. That it was impossible to not like her. And what I think that it did is it gave people pause to say, I'm going to give this character a, ch- a shot, a chance. And then once you opened yourself up to that, then you just, I think, fell in love with the character. It just all comes down to good people doing good things. Good and, people doing, yeah, absolutely. And, and yeah, it was, and, and, and thank God that, you know, it happened at a time when things like Star Wars Celebration Conventions and podcasts like Rebel Force Radio were all coming into the mainstream. Mm-hmm. And so it gave people like Ashley the venue and the, the, the bullhorn to get out the message. Yeah. You know? And I remember you telling me about about Dylan, your son Dylan, and, and Ahsoka was a huge favorite character for him. Oh, and it wasn't yes. like wasn't like not cool to like her because she was a girl. I, I I just that character has become so universally loved. It didn't matter whether she was a girl, whether she was a boy, what she was. People just love the character. Well, I think little kids latched on to Ahsoka right away, yeah, because they they recognized something in the integrity of the character that uh, shone through in Ashley's performance. Quite honestly, mm-hmm. so yeah. yeah. Well, and uh, finally, what's the future hold? Ashley weighs in about the future of Ahsoka. The reason Ahsoka is still alive is because she walked away from the Jedi Order. Clearly, there's something there with The Last Jedi. It's not what it once was, apparently. So I want to know more about Ahsoka's future as this, you know, kind of neutral character. Her, her lightsabers are white because she's neutral. She's not on the dark side. She's not a Jedi. She's not even a full-blown rebel. It's like... Well, you know, what is she doing? Where is she? All I can say is that you'll see Ahsoka again. Ooh, there it is. Wow. You'll see Ahsoka again. Now, she could be talking about the Forces of Destiny show that's going to be running over the summer. Right. The uh, animated shorts featuring Ahsoka, Jyn Erso, Princess Leia, Padme, Mas Kanata. And so maybe she's directly referring to that, but I don't think so. Especially with Filoni showing up with that Ahsoka Live shirt at the yeah. Rebels Season 4 panel. I believe we will be seeing Ahsoka 
in Rebels Season 4. Will that be the end of the road finally for Ahsoka? Remember all those years and years from the moment the character was introduced. Fandom <laughs> was always obsessed yes. with how she dies because right. she's not in Revenge of the Sith. Obviously, she gets killed off. But when Ashley talks about Ahsoka's future, she latches on to that line from Mark Hamill in the last Jedi trailer where he says, the Jedi must end. And Ashley's thinking, well, yeah, Ahsoka's been saying that for years. Right. Look at her. She walks around with the neutral colored lightsabers. She's removed herself from the Jedi Order. She survived Order 66 simply for the fact that she turned her back on the Jedi. During wartime, during a war, she turned her back on the Jedi and everything that she knew and grew up with and, and her whole lifestyle. So that's what, you know, boded her well for uh, surviving Order 66. I wonder if Ashley's actually considering the fact that Ahsoka is around during the era of The Last Jedi. I mean, is she actually teasing us with something like that? I don't know. I like to read between the lines with everything. But um, all Ashley tells us is that Ahsoka will return. And so uh, we'll just have to wait and see where and how. You know, that's interesting, Jim, that you say that because I think so many of us are are assuming, rightly or wrongly, that the return of Ahsoka Tano is going to be on Rebels and a comic and a novel. But wouldn't we all be just blown away if she showed up in Episode 8 or Episode 9? Yeah, wow. Holy cow. I mean, that would be that would be mind-blowing. And as far yeah. as Rebels Season 4 goes, uh, we really haven't given that trailer or that panel at Star Wars Celebration for Season 4 Rebels, we haven't really given it its fair analysis, and I want Kyle Newman on with us to do so. So hopefully we'll have Kyle with us next week. He was supposed to join us this week, as I said, with the FGA DeSanto discussion that's coming up soon. But he couldn't make it. So I said, well, we'll hold back on the Rebels talk for you. We'll let FJ talk Last Jedi, and we'll let you talk. See how we ration it all out with people? (laughs) Yeah, you got to parse it out and be equal. You know, it's like having kids. Mm -hmm. You got to give a little to FJ, and then you got to give a little to Kyle. But by the way, uh, earlier this week, uh, Kyle's beautiful wife, Jamie King, celebrated a birthday. So uh, happy birthday to Jamie. Yes. Um, and you know how it is, Jim, with the wife. Like, the, the, the birthdays become like the birth weeks. Oh, yeah. Right? <laughs> it does turn so, into that, doesn't it? Yeah. It does, yeah. So you, you kind of have to uh, give, uh, you know, cut Kyle a little slack there. I'm sure he's got his his hands full. But big happy birthday shout out to uh, to Jamie. Always very, very sweet to us. Um, hey, hey, before we leave the topic of Ahsoka Tano, uh, Actually, Ashley Eckstein is not the only one out there talking about Ahsoka and wanting to see Ahsoka in the in the future. Um, Rosario Dawson, actress, she was on Good Morning America, and she brings up that she would like to play Ahsoka in a live action film. I didn't see this interview. Did you see this when this happened? I only have a little clip of it, mm-hmm. and uh, I watched it right before we started the show tonight because I like Rosario Dawson a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she's fantastic. She's a really great actress, and, of course, she was fantastic in Sin City, a movie that starred Jamie King. That's right. That's and, right. And uh, I loved her in Clerks too. 
<laughs> I, yeah. you, don't, you don't hear that being said very often, but I, I thought well, she was. Loved you in Clerks, too. <laughs> she was great in uh, Clerks, too. And, and she's just, you know, she's just, she just seems like such a force of nature, you know? Mm. And mm-hmm. um, not too long ago, uh, I think, I don't know where it came from, if, if some fan tweeted her and said, uh, it, it was, she got involved in a conversation about Ahsoka on Twitter. So here we go. We actually have something good coming out of Twitter for a change. Mm. But she uh, was discussing it. But it wasn't just how she said she would, you know, I think the fan said, would you ever consider playing Ahsoka in a Star Wars movie? And she's, it wasn't, she just didn't say yes. That's right. She didn't just say yes, but she Yeah, we talked about this, didn't we? Yes. She included like hashtags like Ahsoka lives and all this stuff. And it's (laughs) like, we're like, holy crap, Rosario really gets it. And uh, so then, right before Star Wars Celebration, somebody noticed that the official Star Wars Twitter account started following Rosario Dawson. And so I guess that's news. You know, I guess people really monitor who uh, the Star Wars Twitter account is following. I don't imagine they're following too many people. So let's just take a look. Right now, the Star Wars Twitter account is following uh, how many people here? Um, they are following 450 people. So, hmm. I mean, I, you know, I guess that's a, a fairly a, a, an easy thing to sort of monitor if you're into that sort of thing and you actually have the time to do that. But somebody noticed that this account was following Rosario Dawson. And this was just prior to Star Wars Celebration Orlando. So a lot of people then started buzzing online. Oh, my God. Does this mean they're going to announce an Ahsoka movie at Star Wars Celebration Orlando? No, Well, no, they didn't do that. So everyone just calmed down. But it's just cool that Rosario is really very enthusiastic about it. And just out of the blue, it came up this week on Good Morning America on ABC. There's a whole campaign that's going on online to try to get me in Star Wars to play Ahsoka. Ahsoka which would be amazing. Because you know what? Star Wars follows you on Twitter. I they heard. don't follow anybody who's not in their movies. I know. Movie. I'm like, I think there's a good sign. Internet, help me out. <laughs> I like her voice there. Was she like, she's a Muppet now, I guess. Yeah. Maybe this. Internet. Internet. I think there's a good sign. I think there's a good sign. Internet, help me out. Yeah. Internet, help me out. Well, we're helping you out right here because uh, I, I like Rosario Dawson. If that is, of course, you Her can't real name? have. Well, no. no. <laughs> Let me finish my sentence. <laughs> you you do remind me of Wendy a lot. Um, <laughs> but if, if that is, of course, Ashley Eckstein is not an option. Mm. You know, I mean, uh. let's face it. We've seen Ashley in the full-on Ahsoka wardrobe and makeup and prosthetics and everything, and she looks great. I mean, it would be amazing if she could actually pull off a full film with all of that stuff on. I, I would imagine that would be a very unique challenge for uh, an actress, uh, especially an actress who has been spending the majority of the last decade not necessarily in front of a camera, but behind a microphone acting behind a microphone in a studio, Mm -hmm. you know, and then all of a sudden to have to act in a major motion picture wearing all these prosthetics and stuff, I would imagine that poses quite a challenge for any actress. But I would think so. You know, anyone. So, um, but uh, Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka would look cool. And I know there's been a lot of fan art floating out there. 
of Rosario, what would she look like as Ahsoka? And it's pretty cool stuff. And there's just something about her attitude that I think would lend a lot to the character as well. Um, not not the Snips version, but an older and yeah. you know more refined warrior type of Ahsoka it could be possible. You know, uh, Kathleen Kennedy says many times they listen, they they look, and they listen. And uh, so we could be in a situation here where they might actually be considering it. So uh, an Ahsoka standalone film, she's such a popular character. Why wouldn't they consider it? Why wouldn't they? I mean, if you think about any of the characters that are, uh, you know, outside of sort of the 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 main characters that you think about, your Kenobis and Darth Vader's and, and all of that. Uh, she makes the most sense in terms of a of a character to bring into their own story. I think. Yeah, they're not going to spin Captain Rex off into his own film, or uh, just about know. anyone else. Anyone else from the uh, from the animated world. Uh, the only one who can really make that crossover is Ahsoka. I think. Yeah. yeah unless I unless Hondo. Hondo in, in sort of Ooh, like a yeah, a, like a comedy anthology sort of thing where Hondo <laughs> is uh, the con- he's the only constant through each each sketch and no, so, I, yeah. you know I wouldn't mind a little Hondo cameo I gotta tell you especially if he's got the Jim Cummings voice it's gotta have that <laughs> gotta have that all right something else we gotta have is we gotta have F J DeSanto here and you know what we might as well. Should should we invite him to the cantina? Are we going to bring FJ into the cantina? Well, why don't we? I think I I see him there. He's he's looking through the window right now. And yes, FJ, oh. there is an open bar stool right here. Come on in, man. Star Wars, Star Wars cantina. Where are you going, master? For a drink. Sorry about the mess. You will never find. The more wretched hive of scum and villainy. We must be cautious. Hey, hey. Hey, Hey, there he is. What's up, guys? How are you, sir? I'm all right. Alive and well. No complaints. So listen, I've got The Last Jedi figured out. All right. So you watch the trailer. Now, we were all, you know, just put this... Uh, some context on this. Uh, Jimmy Mack and myself and brother Billy Mack, we were all uh, in our suite mm-hmm. at the Hilton, like Buena Vista, eating $50 omelets. Again, not bragging, just lamenting the fact that we were eating $50 omelets because we got up late. Um, and the trailer came on. We watched the trailer. That was our experience. We were there in the hotel. What was your experience? Were you watching the stream on... Right as it yeah, happened? Um, the funny thing is I watched the stream and I had to go to a meeting. So what I did was I was watching it at home until the very last minute. Luckily, where I was meeting was like five minutes from my house. This coffee place I go to all the time. Kyle meets me there to write and stuff like that. And this is like my morning office. I sit outside. I have a cup of tea. It's great, right? So I switched it to my phone and played the Bluetooth in my car. So the audio... <laughs> And perfect timing, right when I pulled up into the parking spot, the trailer started and I watched it on my phone. Hmm. Like, it was perfect. So I watched it on my phone, and then, you know, Ryan says, let's show it again. And then I was like, okay, then I'm going to sit and watch this, like, after my meeting. I open up the laptop, watch it. 
then I come home and I think I had it on the Apple TV, like the trailers app, and I watched it like five times. And then it just hit me like, oh my God, I know what this movie's about. All right. Well, 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 tell us. So what, what was it? What scene? What line? What was it that was the, the, the moment when you realized, I got it. I know what this is. There's a couple of scenes. One of which is Phasma, where they do that bullshit jump cut where it makes it look like Phasma's walking out of the Jedi Temple. And she's yes. not. Yes. And she's actually in the hangar bay. Yep. And mm-hmm. I had a whole revelation of what that scene was, and I was able to build from there. And I and I, I at least everybody I say that I've told this theory to, and I've practiced this, so I'm actually glad I've sort of waited for you guys. <laughs> yes, like <laughs> because it, it, every time I tell it, something else clicks with it, and literally, I have people go, "Holy." F- that better be <laughs> right. Should, so, I, should I throw the spoiler alert up here? I I, I might well, want to do that. The thing, only reason I want to do this uh-huh. is so we could play this in December and be like, "You f-ing moron!" <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you were totally wrong about this, this, and this. All right. But I really and the other big revelation was the girl Rose when they talked about her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On the thing, that was my other big revelation, and I, that's why I think I've. And the thing is, who I we don't see in the trailer, I don't believe, right? No, but when they sort of introduced her on the panel and got into a little bit of her story, uh-huh. that filled in a little bit for me. That connected some dots. Okay. And what's also fascinating is, um, the trailer is actually really when you think about it, it's a fucking letdown because it's what eight months out. And that's the first thing we've seen from it. That would have been the perfect trailer to show with Rogue One. If that was the December trailer, it's brilliant. But I also think that unlike last time, and you realize now that all the spoilers from Force Awakens in particular were from J.J.'s people. Because nothing's come out about this movie, right? Very, very little. Mm -hmm. And, you know, by this time... Two years ago for Force Awakens, we knew the whole fucking movie, beginning, middle, and end. Now, you're saying that, that the majority of the leaks for Force Awakens were, was the, were the bad robot people. Yeah. Who will now I, call very bad robot people. Yeah, because I think because he made them edit it here, there's too many people who were seeing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And because they're doing the majority of this all in England... It's a whole different ballgame. Remember, loose lips sink starships. Do you think those leaks were done purposely or they Uh were legitimate? They were legit leaks. I I mean, I could literally tell you at this point, eight months out from Force Awakens, 90% of that movie, like for real, based on what people had told us. Do you think it's very, very tight at this point? Yeah, I I think it's... Airtight. So Lucasfilm and Disney are more in control, whereas before with uh, Force Awakens, it was it was a it was a, a bad robot production. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, so yeah. so lay it on us, man. FJ's okay. theory. You've been teasing us about it quite a bit. So lay it on. Are us. you supporting this or no? Oh yes. Oh, okay. I wouldn't have dropped all the f bombs. That's eh, Jimmy's used to. <laughs> 
But clean so, it up, man. Clean it up. <laughs> Jimmy's used to it. That's how so that's how it goes preface. down in my house. <laughs> let me preface something. I think I'm saying this based on what I think. This is not based on spoilers. This is not based on inside information. This is me as a fan just thinking, like, here's what I think is going to happen. And I say this more so we can joke about it in December that I was either a prophet or a loser. You know, <laughs> So you have to take into account that if Force Awakens is sort of a remixed version of New Hope, this is a remixed version of Empire Strikes Back. Ooh. So you have to hit, as Lucas always did, and even though Ryan Johnson says, hey, it's not a remake of Empire Strikes Back, there's the Star Wars tradition of hitting repetitive beats like a song, as we've talked about many, many mm-hmm. times. Certain refrains, certain verses, choruses, etc. So I think there's a repeat element to that in this. And again, some things I'm going to say, give you certain options that I think could happen, etc. But I think the majority of the trailer all comes from the first act of the movie. Um, I, and I really think, and because it really doesn't give a lot away, I think it's from the first act. So take into account the Empire Strikes Back beats you need to sort of hit in this. Let me, let me start with this. You open the movie, and we all know that the movie takes place like 30 seconds after, you know, the last one. Right. Which everybody seems to freak out about. I don't think it's a particularly bad idea um, because there are certain things you can always start in progress. Meaning you have three main storylines that start when this movie begins. Okay, and I don't know what order this is going to go in, so it's going to be a little bit all over the place. You have on Octo, you have Luke, Ray, Chewie, and R2. Okay, that's your first storyline. Your second, which is, by the way, going to be your Yoda Dagobah Empire Strikes Back. Okay, Mm -hmm. then you have uh, Leia, uh, 3PO, Poe. Uh, Finn, who's still knocked out, and the Resistance as a whole, that's your whole Hoth Empire Strikes Back storyline. And then you have um, Snoke, Kylo, etc., and that is sort of your Vader Emperor, you know, through line from Empire Strikes Back, right? Okay. So what happens is you have the bit where Rey is like, hey, man, train me, and he's like, who are you? Blah, blah, blah. I don't know you, but you're with my friends. What's going on? And you have that bit where he's like, no, I'm not. There's no way I'm getting back. And she's like, dude, you need to get back into the, the, the battle. Your friend is dead. His son killed him. And Luke is like, I don't care. I'm not getting back into the battle. And while this is going on, and he, he for reasons to be explained, you cut to Leia and Poe who are like, oh, shit. everybody knows we're on this planet. We need to evacuate hostile right now. So now it's all get the rebels. And this could already be in progress. Like, so all those big ships that you see, I think, are the resistance tramp transport ships. Mm. Those are the new versions of the transport ships. So they're like, we got to get the hell out of here now, because right now the first order is going to come get us. They, even though Starkiller broke up, they're still out there. They're going to come get us. OK. While this is going on, then somewhere in space, and there's rumor of Snoke having some sort of like superstar destroyer, I think there's the Snoke-Kylo meeting where Snoke is like, I'm going to complete your training, blah, 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 blah. Hey, kid, it's awesome you killed your dad. 
you know, you're a badass, you're evil, but you didn't get me Luke Skywalker. So you're kind of a loser. And Kylo like, you know, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. while back on Octo, she's like, dude, why won't you train me? And he's like, because if I'm out in the wild and they find me, the galaxy is over because there's no Sith, if you think about it. Right. Snoke, not a Sith, right? Right. Kylo right. Ren, not a Sith. They're just fanboys who collect all this shit, right? So that's all they do. They do, And they collect, I think, like, Kylo collects Jedi stuff. He collects Sith stuff. I think he collects everything. That's why at the end of uh, Force Awakens, he's like, hey, that lightsaber belongs to me. You know, blah, blah, blah. He's like the ultimate fanboy collector. So Luke is basically like, if I'm out in the wild, it actually throws the balance of the Force off. Because the Jedi, like having one Jedi out there throws everything to hell. And it's also, if Luke is out, so Luke is basically like, I'm just going to spend the rest of my life on this planet, leave all this here, the books and the Journal of the Wills and all this stuff. It should die with me here. Because the if we learned anything from the prequels, the Jedi are kind of dicks. If we learn <laughs> anything from the original trilogy, the Sith are dicks. And, the, you know, balance doesn't work, right? So the Jedi were arrogant, the Sith were arrogant, and Luke is like, it's better off with nobody. And guess mm. what? Mm-hmm. I tried to do this, right? And what happened, cut to the Force flashback, which is in the trailer from the other angle, the burning temple, the kids are all dead, all the trainees are dead, blah, 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 my nephew, you know, mm. is that So Luke is basically like, me out in the wild causes trouble. You know what this is like? This is like the end of Batman Begins, where at the end of Batman Begins, Gordon says to Batman, costume vigilante, going to bring out all these wacko people like the Joker, you know, and it's like, right. well, guess what? That's right. So Luke Skywalker out in the wild is a bad thing, okay? He inspires the First Order. The whole First Order exists to kill Luke Skywalker. So she's like, well, train me, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, no, I'm doing this for your own protection. The Jedi's got to end. And that's the whole concept of The Last Jedi. Okay, cut to the resistance. We're on the move. I'm, we're going. We're getting the hell out of here. And all of a sudden, here's Hux, Phasma, the fleet come. Big battle, right? All this stuff. The resistance getting wiped out. And you see in the trailer, Poe running to his ship. His ship blows up. And then if you see elsewhere in the trailer, Phasma in that same location yeah. coming through the ridge. Yep. So here's what I happens is i think there's one possibility here i think what happens is they grab leia in this whole battle they get leia like phasma gets leia and while poe somehow saves the resistance but finn is either awakened or whatever and he's recovering and finn is given a mission finn go find so-and-so who i believe is benicio del toro Okay, and the only I'm sorry. What was that? Who's Benicio de Toro? He's I don't know who he is, but he's somebody Leia or the resistance is like, go find him. He can Uh, help us. Uh huh. Okay. so Finn escape. I don't even know. Like when you see Finn in that thing, I think that might be an escape pod. Like, I don't even know if that's the back the tank. I could be wrong about that. So Finn during this escape is going to escape out the back door. Right. Like. Hey, while all this is going on, I'm going to sneak out, and this girl helps him, Rose. Like, 
And he's just like, by the time the stormtroopers are on the ship, they're firing. This girl who works in maintenance helps him escape, has no choice. She goes with him. And somehow BB-8, I think, ends up with them. And they go to what I think is this casino planet that everybody keeps talking about, right? Uh, where they're all wearing tuxedos. Yeah, like it's some posh planet. And it might be Leia or somebody saying, go find him. So anyway, I think Phasma grabs Leia and takes Leia to Snoke and Kylo. So you're going to have the moments with Kylo and his mom. But also in this, Phasma gets the map. And basically she picks up her iPhone and she calls Snoke. She's like, yo, I got the map. I'm texting it to you now. And blah, blah. And Snoke is like, hey, you know, Ben Solo, here's the map. This is where Luke Skywalker is. And Kylo's like, I'm going to bring him back. I'm going to go get him. Okay? While this is going on, Luke is is putting Rey through the paces. I don't think he's, like, training her. He just wants to test her skills. Because I don't think the time frame's going to work. But then again, em- look at Empire Strikes Back. Luke became a Jedi in, like, 30 minutes in the middle act, right? Mm-hmm. So I think <laughs> right. she's going to have – I think her waking up in the beginning where she's breathing heavy, I think that's her in the cave like she's going to have her own cave where she's going to have a bigger version of that force flashback. And I think that's where she meets Yoda. She meets Obi-Wan. She meets all these guys. Blah, blah, blah. You know, here's the balance of the force and all this stuff. And Luke is sort of like, oh, my God, she's super powerful and all this stuff. While that's going on, Poe somehow figures out an escape for the resistance. They get away, whatever's left of them. And they're going to go to a planet called Crate, which now is public. Like the, there was the EW article. Yep. Great yep. planet that was a mining facility that mined whatever that red dust is that yes. the rebels used to make money to fund the rebellion. So he's there. So something happens, and this is where it all sort of gets tricky for me, is I'm still not sure of the whole Finn mission. I think it's to get to Benicio Del Toro, who's going to be Orlando. So I think you're expecting him to be this like evil Knights of Ren thing. I don't think he's any of that. I think he's a dude on a casino planet who's going to be your smooth-talking Lando who sells them out. Mm. Okay? So this is what I think happens. I think he sells them out. And meanwhile, you have Phasma who's after Finn. Like, I'm going to get Finn. Like, I already got Leia. Finn's not here. I'm going to go after him while Hux brings Leia back and all this stuff. And your middle act is sort of Kylo and Leia and Luke and Ray and all this stuff. And then I think Poe's whole thing is keeping the resistance safe because he's going to end up leading the resistance by the time this trilogy is over. He's going to be Leia. And I think the Laura Dern character is a senator or someone in the resistance who opposes Poe. Like this leadership doesn't work or she's some leftover of the Republic. Like I was the, you know, they wiped out the Republic. I wasn't there. I should be in charge of everything. And she's going to have conflict with Poe. And that's all your stuff on Crate. And I think what happens is Finn meets Benicio Del Toro, uh, you know, et cetera. And Benicio, and he mentions they're going to Crate. And I think Benicio Del Toro sells them out. And the first order goes to Crate. And your sort of mid third, uh, second act battle is the battle on Crate, which would be like the hot battle of this sort of thing, right? Which you see in the trailer. While this is going on, Kylo and the Knights of Ren show up on um, Octo 
And that's where you see Ray running. She sees the ships or something like that, you know, at night and all this stuff. And it's her, Chewie, R2, like, we got to fight off the Knights of Ren. And Luke is like, I'm not leaving this planet and blah, 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 until Kylo's like, we have Leia. Mm. And I either think two things happen. Either Leia gets kidnapped or Luke gets kidnapped. So, I, you know, captured on that planet. Or, like, I, I'm pretty sure it's going to be Leia who gets captured because I think it gives you the middle act with Kylo. So what happens is when Luke finds out Leia's been captured or maybe he's talking to her through the Force, he's like, ah, oh, damn it, now i got to get back into it. He gets on the Falcon with Chewie, Ray, and R2. They take off and escape from Kylo and all this stuff, and they go and meet up with the Resistance. And so by the end of your second act, the gang is back together. So you have everybody, you know, just at the start of third act or in the beginning of the third act, the whole gang is back together. But one of our own is captured by Snoke. And I think that's Leia. And I think the whole thing is we've got to get Leia in the third act, right? So I'm convinced, and this ties into Rogue One, I'm convinced Kylo or Snoke or both take her to Mustafar. And I think your third act is on Mustafar. Whoa. So what happens is, I think two things happen. I think you're going to have a space battle above Mustafar, which is going to be the resistance. It's going to be blah, blah, blah. And then I think you're going to have two battles on the ground. I think you're going to have Luke versus Snoke, and it's going to be like some like insane wizard battle. Like Luke not even using the lightsaber. Like, like almost like the, the, the Akira version of Dooku versus Yoda, right? Before <laughs> they even pull out the lightsabers. You know, like, right. I'm going to test. But, but like Snoke is like weird... You know, fake wizard, not like Jedi wizard. Like he just knows all this crazy shit. And and then you're gonna have the Ray versus um, Kylo rematch. And while this is going on, okay, Snoke is gonna say to Luke, "You didn't tell the girl, did you?" And Luke is like, "Dude, shut up!" Right? <laughs> and you're like, "You don't know what that means." Yes. And, and while Kylo's fighting Ray, Kylo's like, "Listen, remember in the last movie?" When I told you you need a teacher and you're strong with the force, and she's like, yeah. He's like, listen, you don't know what you are, but I can help you, and I want to take down Snoke. Like the pull to the light side, all this shit. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take down Snoke. I'm going to bring balance to the galaxy. And she's like, you're crazy. And basically what you're going to learn at the end of all this is that she is the living embodiment of the balance of the force. Okay. So she's the modern Anakin, immaculate conception. She's not anybody's kid, none of that crap. She's not Luke's kid. She's not Han and Leia's kid. She is like the living embodiment of the Force. But what you're going to find out is who put her on that planet? Luke put her on that planet. Luke, my, Luke found her as a kid, said, oh, my God, you are the chosen one of this generation or whatever, and I'm going to freaking mind wipe you and leave you on this planet so you don't mess up the universe like I did or my dad did. So all this shit where he's like, there's no more Jedi book. And that's the big Luke, I'm your father moment. It's Luke put her on this thing, right? And he's the one that Luke, abandoned her, essentially. Yeah, the, yeah. He doesn't abandon her. He's like, this is to save you. Like, I did this. To, it's, it's basically Ben Kenobi from a certain point of view bullshit, mm -hmm. right? So they, So you find out. And Kylo knows about her. Like, I heard about you. I've been looking for you. 
you can bring balance to the force. And during all this, the big thing is Kylo to the light side, her, she's like, how dare you take the, my ability to choose away from me? And she's like, screw all of you. So either two things happen. She's like, screw you, Luke Skywalker, I'm going with Snoke, which she'll never turn bad, but that's your cliffhanger, is like, oh my God, she leaves with Snoke. Mm. Or she's like, screw all of you, and she's the most powerful being in the world, and you don't know which way it's going to go. And I think somewhere in this, Luke or Leia is going to die in this. And when I say die, I don't think anybody's going to murder them. I think someone's going to do the Ben Kenobi for sacrifice to be one of them or both. Like I keep thinking like the twins are going to do this one with the force thing. And by the way, I say this even before Carrie Fisher passed away. I think they were going to do something like this where like, you know, if you strike me down, I'll become more powerful. I think it's the two of them, you know, become one with the force to save everybody else. And you and by the time it's over, right, you have the resistance is a disaster. Ray is gone. Luke and Leia are one with the force. Poe's trying to keep it together. And then you're going to have the big throwdown between Poe and Finn because Finn is going to see her defect. Like how you guys are just as bad as the First Order. Just like the First Order took my life away from me. You, Luke Skywalker, you're a dick. And you did that to Ray. You didn't even give her the ability to choose. And mm. screw you guys. And Finn goes off. Like I think every like the whole gang like breaks up at the end, and everything's in tatters. And you don't know where the hell anybody's gonna go. And the cliffhanger is, oh my God, Ray is gonna become the most powerful Sith or thing ever. And you're not gonna know until the third movie. Of course, you'll never turn bad, but you get the idea. And I think that's why the look at the movie poster where she's holding the blue lightsaber that turns into the red. I think it's all about Ray as the living embodiment of the balance of the Force. And that's your whole trilogy. The Force awakens, The Last Jedi does, you know, does this, and there's going to be no more Jedi. She's going to be something else by the time it's over. Wow. So can I call you every day and you know before bed and you can tell me a Star Wars bedtime story? I know he could look this could none of this could happen. You know what I mean? Like I'm jealous of your nephew. He has access to this mind all the time. No, he, that's why he stays with the grandmother. He's like, Oh God, enough of you. No, this was, I, this was, I was absolutely on the edge of my seat. Yeah. That was I, a lot of fun. I think, MJ. I think to be honest, I think I have the setup at least. Like, I think I have the first act at least, which is, the three different, three or four different storylines, like Ray and Ray and Luke, blah blah blah, and I'm convinced that's why Luke thinks there's no more Jedi. Like the Jedi have to end. I, I, I hate these people who think like, oh my God, Luke's going to be a bad guy in this, and Luke is going to do. It's like no, Luke isn't going to sit there and like pull out a red lightsaber and be like, screw the Jedi. He's going to sit there and be like, this is what's best for the galaxy is me being in hiding forever. Go back to this idea that because I find this very interesting that. There could be, you know, if we go, if we look at the chosen one, the virgins, mm-hmm. as Yoda calls him, the virgins in the force, that your theory here is that this manifests and appears in the galaxy several times. There's an embodiment of this. It's not, it wasn't just unique to Anakin. This virgin shows up. Is that the current? 
sort of canon? Oh no, I, th- this is FJ canon. Oh, okay, okay. So yeah, F canon. Yeah, this is it. Yeah, this is F canon. Uh, so, but but I'm but I, that's interesting. So, in your in your mind, this is something that reoccurs. This balance yeah, why, or this? Why can't, yeah. why can't it? Like a living embodiment of the force. Mm-hmm. And and by the way, or if, even if she's not the Immaculate Conception, I just think that's a fun way to tie it into the prequels. I, she could be just somebody's kid. Like I took you away from your parents and hid you, yeah. or your parents were killed. You know, like I let your parents hang out at the Jedi Temple and they were killed. You were just like the strongest person with the Force since you know Anakin. You know, it could be that. But I still think Luke is the one who who left her on that planet and mind wiped her. She's never like my family's coming back. Like she doesn't know that. Why is the Falcon on Jakku? Like I, I, I'm convinced that that's all too easy. Hmm. Right. Yeah. Hey, you know another fun way to tie into the prequels that you threw down in your uh, theory here is the Mustafar final act. So let me just ask you because there was really no indication about uh, any sort of Mustafar presence unless you do see that that building burning uh, you, you don't really know what sort of environment that building is 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 no no here's what i think here here's what i think about mustafar the the thing is this i think isn't it sort of public that they added mustafar in the reshoots in rogue one like that wasn't originally like all that shit with him and and krennic took place vader and krennic took place on a star destroyer or the death star originally like if you look at the behind the scenes stuff and I could have sworn somebody like Doug Chang or somebody like that was like, oh, yeah, we switched it to Mustafar, you know, late in the game because it ties into the series in a bigger way. So I'm conv- and by the way, if you have Snoke and Kylo as the ultimate fanboys, they, they would they like Mustafar's their mecca. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Sure. So that's why I'm convinced. I'm not saying the whole third act would take place on Mustafar, but I think Mustafar is going to appear someplace in this trilogy. Okay. That makes a ton of sense. It it really does. Um, and I what I, I like about your Kyle or Bateman would know. Somebody publicly said Mustafar was this cool thing we added, you know, late into production on Rogue One because it ties into the overall series. Now that could be somebody talking about the prequels, but I the impression I got from it was like. We're going to see Mustafar again somewhere in this series. I seem to recall talking to Gary Witta on, yeah. the, e- on the evening of the premiere, FJ. And, and he'll, he, I think he told me that Mustafar was featured in the script going back to the first draft. Oh. So I, there's been, I'm sorry, I don't mean to shoot down your awesome theory, but there's been so many... Um, alternate facts about the creation of rogue uh-huh. one. So I've heard a lot of contradictory stories. Um, and, and I, I seem to hear, have heard something about it being added later in the game, but I'm not 100% sure on that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a, there is a, a, a line in the, um, the art of book from Gary Weta. It says that, where he's talking about the fact that Vader has chosen to build his castle there on Mustafar. He says that he would go back to this place to reflect on what happened to the man he once was. Um, 
at the same time, it's also terrifying. And when he emerges with all of his armors, he, he's Darth Vader. So it sounds to me like that was early on what FJ, what I think you might be remembering is that what was added later was, you know, Vader's big scene at the end where he's wiping out the rebels that was added. Later. I'm going to do the homework on this. All right. I'm going to do the homework. <laughs> okay. Hey, FJ, when we see the Falcon in flight blasting a tie in the trailer, the teaser trailer for The Last Jedi, when do you think that happens? I think it's two, either one or two moments. I think it's the escape off of Octo, or they're showing up on Kraken to reunite with the fleet. Okay. All right, yeah, I was just wondering how that fit in. but So we think we'll see most of the action with Luke and Ray happen on uh, Octo in the first two acts of the film. And then for the third act, it might uh, end up on Mustafar. Yeah. Wow. That's a, that's a wild scenario. I would love this. I mean, you are really uh, painting quite the picture here of a, a dream film, uh, along with all the echoes and return uh, to uh, empire strikes back. The second, the second chapter of the original trilogy. I mean, it's so obvious we're seeing it, you know, the, the Yoda training sequence uh, with Luke and Ray on Octu, the casino planet filling in for Cloud City, um, evacuating the rebel base, uh, the resistance base in this case, and uh, Snoke egging on Kylo, much like the Emperor did with uh, Vader, and then uh, then uh, Phasma finding the map, Kylo taking off to find Luke. The Benicio, yeah, it's logical, the, right? There's nothing crazy. There's not like, I, I think those beats are there. I think they're right in front of us. I love the the character that you've created for Benicio del Toro. I think that's yes. you know. The, the, the question is, you know, I have a lot of thoughts on that because obviously we haven't seen him yet, but but I, I'm convinced he's like Leia or Poe or somebody's like. You need to get to this guy because he can help for some reason. Or it's something crazy. Like if, you, if it's really Star Wars, maybe they just get an escape pod. They land on this planet and they meet this guy who eventually, you know, similar actually what our smugglers show was, which is, you know, who sells them out. I just think whoever Benicio Del Toro is encompasses the Lando beat of betraying the heroes. Hmm. Um, I got a question for you. What about this Justin Thoreau guy that we talked about last time where he's the the hacker? First uh, Star Wars hacker in a galaxy far, far away. And he, Is he really? I've yeah. heard that. I mean, I know he's in it, but I just, I assume it's like going to be like the Daniel Craig thing where it's like it's one scene and maybe he's like hacking something for the resistance or something like right. that. Like, who I don't was, think it's like probably like a main character. Who was, uh, the, the martial arts guy that was uh, cast in force awakens and they made such a big deal out of it. The kanji club guys, both of them. Those are the guys from the raid. Yes. And they're amazing in that. And they yeah. really didn't get to show off any of their no, skills. No, I want to do. Okay. I want, that's who, okay. The Scottish guy. And then, um, no, 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 Tasu no. Yes, Tasu Leach. Tasu Leach. Okay. So, Club, the, the two yeah. guys who are standing in front, who are like, who show up from Kanji Club, are the two leads in the raid movies. Yes. And they're awesome. 
I mean, the and most the fact incredible no one has fight sequences. Comic makes me nuts. Because hmm. they're awesome. Kanji Club are the best. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> but we don't get to see that because they get eaten pretty quickly. We don't know if they all get eaten. Other no. guys from Kanji Club get eaten. Yeah, well, they, yeah, they might not get eaten. Yeah, so you can bring them back. I'm not saying in this. I'm not saying you do yeah, it. Yeah, I was going to ask, do you think any of the uh, the, the seeds of Han Solo's uh, deceit and uh, betrayals are going to uh, bloom and, uh, and, and, you know, continue to haunt uh, our, our heroes at all? You think? No, I think if it, I mean, I think, look, I think you have Kylo Ren is that legacy yeah. for better or for worse. And I think this movie is going to be about the mother and son. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think, you know, and again, I, I don't want to speculate on what they had planned for nine and all this stuff with her, you know, which is upsetting. But I, I, I think, no, look, I think what happens is I think you have to look if you do those repetitive beats is all Han Solo is in Force Awakens is he's Obi-Wan Kenobi in New Hope. He's the wisest old warrior from the previous generation who leads the new kids into battle. He sets them on their way. That's what the second Han Solo appears in Force Awakens, you know he's dead by the time, at least I think, you know, you know he's dead by the time that movie's over. Right? And yeah. I think, well, obviously there's never going to be like a Han Solo Force ghost and if there is, then I'll never watch the franchise again. But the point being <laughs> I think we'll do it. Yeah. Well, what a wonderful what a what a wonderful irony uh, that Han Solo became the old fossil. Yeah. You know, well, that was Harrison. Crazy old man. Harrison Ford's whole point, and you you see him now, like you see Harrison Ford when now he shows up at Celebration. He's happy. He can joke around because now he doesn't have to worry about everybody saying, when are you going to do that character again? When are you going to blah, 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 blah? You know, and now he's just like, I did it and everybody loves me and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know, he, his whole point, and it's on the bonus features, and he's been saying it for years. He goes, he wanted the guy who was the least invested to have the, a big impact. Mm-hmm. Like the guy who got dragged into this, who never would have volunteered, et cetera, to have that impact. And you do that in New Hope where he saves Luke and, you know, and Luke can blow up the Death Star and all this stuff. And you have it in Force Awakens, which is, hey, I got these kids on their way. And, you know, he basically helps set the tone. So I think his quote unquote legacy is that in the next movies. I'm I'm sure, you know, you're going to have that moment where he's mentioned and, you know, but I don't think it's going to sit there like all of a sudden Guavi and Death Gang show up and they're like, Leia, pay us, you know, like that kind of thing. Right. Like I I don't think that happens. Well, FJ, I'll tell you what, when you really have your thoughts together, call us back (laughs) and, uh, you know, maybe you can lay it all out more crystal clearly. But uh, this was really some fantastic speculation. Again, I don't think it's fair to say spoiler alert for this because this is purely coming from your own imagination. Again, very clear speculation, speculation, speculation. This is just fun banter amongst friends who have graciously allowed me to vent you know out loud about what i think in my brain this movie's about from watching a minute oh, no. and a trailer oh this is great and and when uh the film is released in december 
let's get you back so we can review some of these uh, these predictions, and uh, we'll see. You know, we'll we'll figure out the percentage of right and wrong. We'll play <laughs> I, I FJ mean, Theory Bingo. Yes, there you go. <laughs> that was, oh, that's not a bad idea. Maybe we can actually work out some bingo cards, and uh, we can all play along <laughs> with FJ and his predictions. Well, I'll tell you what. Listen, if if anything changes, if there are revisions, and I'm sure there will be, oh, as, as be. we start seeing some more footage, let's uh, let's bring you back for FJ updates. And, they haven't um, said when the new trail, the next trailer is right. They haven't said anything, right? Uh, no, you know, uh, speculation is pointing toward D23 this summer. Um, when is that? July, August? I, I believe that's in July. Because they're not going to come to San Diego, right? I don't think so. Not with D23 butting up against it, I yeah, believe. It's like, uh, July 14th through the 16th. Right. So yeah. it's very, it's, it's what, the week before Comic-Con? Yeah, yeah Comic-Con is end of July, Did they come right? last year? Did they, they didn't go last year, right? I don't know. I didn't go last year, so no. I, I don't remember them. I mean, what, I remember D twenty three last year. No, I'm talking about San Diego because I mean I remember for Force Awakens that was the pan. I went to the thing where they had Harrison Ford and Leia and I mean Carrie and Luke, Mark Hamill. And then they did the jump, the concert in the park after and all that. It was awesome and. Uh, you know, I, I would just imagine now that they've got it up and running. They're San Diego is not going to be. I'm just trying to think the timing. I guess July would be the next. It's actually July 20th through the 23rd. So uh, D23 is uh, the 14th through the 16th. And, uh, you know, four days later, we've got San Diego Comic-Con. So uh, I I think you're. Yeah, I I think you're right, Jim. I think that it's definitely going to be a D23 event. I don't think they're going to be holding off and letting San Diego steal that thunder. Oh, for sure. So, FJ, after we see that trailer, come back for the next installment of FJ DeSanto's Profit or Loser. Profit or Loser. I love it. I love it. And and we'll uh, we'll start uh, connecting the dots with you because I like this. See, you're taking all the thought and speculation out of my playbook. I mean, you know, it's like I don't even have to worry about it anymore. I'll just let you do all the thinking for me. But no, in all seriousness, one of the trademarks of Star Wars fandom, one of the the classic things we do is talk between chapters, you know? Let's let's discuss, let's you know, going back to uh between Empire and Jedi really is is when we really started sinking our teeth into the whole saga to begin with. Uh it wasn't so much between A New Hope and Empire. Because right. we didn't know where we were heading with the whole thing since the original Star Wars was sort of wrapped up in a nice, tidy little bow outside of the fact that Darth Vader spun off into space and we didn't know what his outcome was all about. So we knew he would come back and cause some problems. But it was between Empire and Jedi because of that cliffhanger at the end of Empire that left us really on the edge of our seats and talking and talking and talking for three years amongst ourselves as we uh, started, you know, with our own theories about where we thought the saga was going to go. So it's so wonderful that we still are able to maintain that tradition in this day and age of spoilers and leaks and the Internet and everything else. I, you know, this this conversation, you know, and hearing you, FJ, 
it really takes me back to those old days and, and the way that we used to do it between the, the films. And so yeah. I'm, I'm glad to see that tradition lives. Well, I hope, you know, anybody who hears this who agrees, disagrees, you know, sort of posts and tweets at us and, you know, keep that dialogue, you know, what am I missing? What am I, you know, I'd love to just hear what everybody else thinks. Cause that, that, that's the fun part of this is, you know, I, look, I'm, I'm a guy you can give spoilers to like literally Ryan Johnson could call me right now and I'd be like, tell me the whole story. I really don't care. I'm going to enjoy it no matter what, but there is some fun about speculating like this amongst people who love it as much as we all do, you know, and you sort of, you know, I, I think about what you're talking about between, especially between Star Wars and Empire, where you really don't know the larger world. And, you know, I just remember waiting for those Starlog magazines to be yes. like, <laughs> what's that tidbit of information you're going to give me? Mm -hmm. So it, it, it's a lot of fun. I appreciate you guys letting me uh, oh, rant. Of course. Of course. And just, I'll tell you what, if, if we, our first peek at Benicio Del Toro in character I'll tell you what, if, if he's wearing a cape, then we know there's a connection to Lando there somewhere. <laughs> and he very well may be if he's on that, uh, that casino planet where they're all in their, in their finest duds. Right, right, that, right. Cane and a walking, cool. or a walking stick and a cape, I can just see it. Uh, well, you certainly have given uh, Pablo lots to tweet about here in the next couple of days, uh, FJ, <laughs> with all of those theories. Uh, we look forward to those being shot down. <laughs> um, look, you know, I hope they get shot down. I, yeah. I don't. I, the thing is, what, 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 shoot them all down. What am I going to do? Not go see the movie? You no, know I mean? like, shoot them all down. Sorry. <laughs> this is the fun part of the whole thing: is being right or wrong. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. It's, yeah. it's, it's all done from a place, as you guys know, that we all love it, and this Absolutely. is this is what we're talking about. It's, it's just in this day and age, we get somebody gets to record me saying it as opposed to, you know, calling everybody on the phone and telling 30 times, like, listen, here's yeah. what I think is going to happen. Yeah, right. and then we can play it back to you and determine whether or not F.J. DeSanto is profit or loser. <laughs> oh, God, I wish I never said that now. <laughs> All right, man. F.J., thank you so much for dropping by. Always a pleasure to talk to you, and we'll be uh, talking to you, uh, of course, on uh, – and our super secret emails back and forth Thank throughout so the day. Much. All right, Thank man. You. Take care. All right. Cheers. I only know one truth. It's time for the Jedi to end. source for the force you know it you love it from tops comes the digital card collecting app star wars card trader yes collect and trade officially licensed star wars digital cards all of your favorite characters vehicles and locations from the star wars universe are here including replicas of those amazing and iconic original 1977 top star wars trading cards to futuristic all new cards with exciting digital twists download it today in the app store or in google play and of course we're using the star wars 
Force Card Trader app here at Rebel Force Radio. You can always trade with us here 24-7, 365 days a year. Just search username Rebel Force Radio and do it all from the comfort of your mobile device. It's the Tops Star Wars Card Trader app. These are the cards you're looking for. All right, coming at you from Star Wars Celebration 2017 Orlando, and we are sitting in the Nissan booth with our good friend Jeremy Meadows of Nissan. Jeremy, welcome back to Rebel Force Radio. Thank you. Happy to be here. Great to uh, be with you, and wow, what a booth setup. Uh, I, I told you earlier, I feel like I'm at the, the, the display for, you know, the official display for Rogue One the movie. It's just absolutely incredible. Yeah, we got a chance to work really well with the uh, Lucasfilm team and putting this together. And, and they just, as a group, we just did a great job, I think. It's a, it's a lot of fun. I know I sound biased, but uh, <laughs> even if I wasn't working this booth, I'd walk by too and go, uh, I got to go see it. And I know the fans have really been enjoying stopping by. Oh, yeah. We've had a regular stream of uh, Star Wars fans coming in here to try out this great virtual reality experience that Nissan has developed with. ILM, yeah, featuring the Nissan Rogue, and I just tried it out myself for the first time. Yeah, what'd you think? Wowie, wow, wow! It's the Oculus Rift, yeah, and that's the technology you guys are using. But it's the first time I've ever actually experienced the virtual reality. Oh, was your very first time? Oculus okay. Rift, everything. The first about VR it. experience, total? My very mm-hmm. first, legitimate. Well, I feel yeah. honored that you did that in our booth. Yes. I, I would, I'm lucky to have the opportunity to do so. I did get to try the little demo teaser you had available at yeah. the Chicago Auto Show. And now, seeing the full fledged production with the Oculus Rift headset. Oh my god, what a mind-blowing experience. You're actually placed in a battlefield yeah. with uh, stormtroopers, rebel troopers, tie fighters overhead, adats, scout walkers and you're driving the Nissan Rogue right through the whole thing <laughs> on a desert planet. Of it's course. A, yeah, on yeah, a of course. Planet. Of course, yeah, of right. Course and uh, you know, we have our safety systems that are keeping you safe and protected the whole time you're going through that extreme battle, That's which is right. great. So it's showing that our cars can even stand a battle in the Star Wars universe. Right. It's perfect. I love the enthusiasm you guys at Nissan have for Star Wars. Well, we love cars and we love Star Wars. There's a lot of us there that have that that passion. Two two great things. Yeah, combining two great passions, killer automobiles and the wars. (laughs) And, And so you feel it here in the booth. What I really love about the booth is the fact you have the Rebel Alliance symbol on the carpeting. Yeah. And that's a really nice touch. Thanks. Yeah, we've had a lot of people actually stop by and get pictures just with that. <laughs> what we like to do is we take pictures of Jason just laying down in the middle. Okay, we could do that. Yeah, yeah. we're, we're going to yeah. have to do that. Sometimes conscious. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes. But you do have some great photo op- uh, opportunities. I noticed that a lot of the costumed uh, characters, the cosplayers, are coming by to get their uh, picture taken against that backdrop over oh, there. Oh, yeah, the one with the tunnel. Yeah, yeah. With the pill lights. Yeah, it looks great. And the way that the team lit it, it really looks three-dimensional. It, it does. It sure does. It makes for a great photo op experience and, and, and so, a lot of them do it right next to the death trooper helmet that you get when you buy the car and that's just it's great I, I love seeing the excitement of everybody when they come to our booth yeah any uh particular costumes jump out at you or some cool things you've been able to see um a couple of my favorites there was a k2so that was just here a little while ago walking well, around a K2SO. he was very impressive and he was about seven feet tall it that's was really hard to impressive. do yeah. Right? Yeah, that's hard to do. With those he would have to arms be on and stilts everything. Yeah. And just like uh, Alan Tudyk was in the movie. Right. That's right. We've noticed we 
are surprised. We haven't seen too many Rogue One cosplay there participants was, here. There were some here yesterday. Uh, they took some photos in our booth, and it was actually a family of shore troopers from Scarif. Wow. Oh, that's and cool. while they were up in front of our vehicle and taking pictures, in comes walking somebody that looks almost exactly like Cassian <laughs> in the Rebel gear and a Jyn Erso in her Rebel gear. And I walked over to the young lady afterwards, and I said, you could be Felicity's cousin. She looked at that convincing. Wow. It was yeah. really, really great. Been seeing a lot of Director Krennic. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of Krennic. Yeah, Director. It's the cape. Krennic. Everybody wants the cape. Yeah. Is yeah. that you know, striking cool. white yeah. imperial? Yeah. But I mean, I'm just thinking that most fans haven't had the time to properly prepare cosplay because yeah. Rogue One just came out. The one I haven't seen a lot of, I think I only saw one, it was a Death Trooper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah I've seen I haven't Shadow seen a Troopers. Death Trooper. I've seen some of the Shadow Troopers from you, you know previous right. uh, publications. Uh, but uh, I have not seen many Death Troopers. I think I only saw one that I saw. The Scarif Stormtrooper is proudly represented in oh. the Nissan Rogue 360 oh, yeah, it's virtual a, reality. It's in the virtual reality. Yeah. And, uh, boy, how did you like that one that came right up at your face? Comes right at you. I mean, I was really trying to duck out of the way. It, was, it felt like I had to do something. First time see. I did it, I had to step back because I was like, whoa. Uh, <laughs> Personal space. Yeah, too close. Somebody's got to save our skins. <laughs> too close. So um, what did you think about the latest trailer the, for The, for the, the last, last Jedi? Jedi? Yes. Uh, I, w- I was fortunate enough to be able to be in the room when they showed it on the screen. In the room when it happened. Oh, yeah. It was it was amazing. And having seeing Mark Hamill and Daisy Ridley and John Boyega and the rest of, on the stage was outstanding it was just it was it was wonderful um and then of course uh ryan johnson gets up on stage and says well i have something to share with you and of course everybody goes crazy and he shows the teaser poster first. right 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 that alone is beautiful they did such a great job with that and then we thought it was luke and and ray opposite each other up at the top oh when you saw it the first time yeah and we talked we spent a whole podcast talking about it and we, found, <laughs> and we found out it was kylo, it's kylo and i yeah. still i still find myself staring at that poster going no that's ray that's right because yeah. it does look a little like ray so you know what that kind of tells me i think that might be a hint in itself Ooh. that well, yeah we're, we're confusing the two for each other because they're brother and sister Boom! Boom! Maybe Ray Maybe. Solo. You heard it here first, and possibly last. Ray on Solo Force Radio. <laughs> but yeah, the trailer was was amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. And uh, what stands out to you visually? Visually, one of my favorites was seeing uh, both Ray and Luke on those two separate platforms on the side of the mountain, and she's wielding the lightsaber, and Training. Luke is just kind of looked down and watching her train. Did you right. notice that, that was third figure there? A no. third figure. I gotta watch the trailer again to watch see. Watch it. again. I think it was Chewbacca, but I'm not sure. You can't really tell. He looks that like wouldn't he's surprise taller. Me. He's there with them. On that Octu. wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I didn't notice that. I'll have to I watch it again. The there, third was figure. A third, there was a third figure. Yeah, but, but that movie's gonna be so exciting. Come oh. December, it will be. It'll be great to see Luke Skywalker back in action. He said words. <laughs> he said yeah. words. Right. Breathe. Right. Just breathe. Jedi must end. Yeah. What do you think he means by that? I think that means there's going to be a new interpretation of the Jedi. Hmm. A new what that interpretation? Means, yeah, I don't know. But yeah. it just seems to me like he's thinking, you know what? Maybe the old ways weren't the right ways. Let's try something new. Right. That's right. my theory. That's and my what theory. else have you seen that stands out to you from just the whole weekend in general? Panels, videos? Oh, yeah. the, uh, the 40th anniversary panel sure. was just when you thought it would couldn't get any better then they'd bring somebody else out you right. know Mark Hamill and Harrison Forge 
at Harrison Ford with George Lucas, like mm-hmm. the three of them on the stage, yes, as well as Peter and Billy D and Anthony, like amazing. Yeah, it and was a rare Morgan. moment when they were speaking together. The actors were addressing George publicly yes. and in a very yes. candid manner. That was great. Sort of. Uh, Throwing shots at him about the dialogue, oh, which, yeah. you know, George, I guess he gets that. But um, I just thought that was really refreshing. And then the cherry on top, a concert uh, with a live symphony performing Star Wars music conducted by John Williams. The man himself. Yeah. Amazing. And, and I think Goosebumps. George put it the best. Exactly. Goosebumps. Exactly. Put it the best at the end there where he said, this is the secret sauce. George said the secret sauce. Yeah, George said that this. Yes, this is the George man said that. that okay, the secret sauce. I, why Star Wars? Is I had is. heard that line, and I was wondering where that came from. But it was George. It was Lucas George Lucas, the and sauce. the three songs were perfect. You know, starting yeah. with Leia's theme. I think everybody in the room got emotional, right. and then of course you got to play the Star Wars main title theme, and then my all-time favorite, the Imperial March. Someone should tell Paul Bateman right now that. John Williams' music is not the oxygen, but the secret sauce. The secret sauce. sauce. Somebody, yeah, yeah. somebody needs to tell Paul. <laughs> Something else we saw at the 40th was uh, uh, Sam Jackson angling a little bit. Yeah. For Mace Windu did not uh, Mace, What do you think about a, a, a Mace Windu standalone? You know, he was one of my favorites in the prequels. Yeah. And who doesn't love Sam anyways? I mean, he's just wonderful. I love him all that he does. But... Uh, Boy, yeah, he was lobbying pretty hard. It'd be it'd be interesting to see if they do something in comics, maybe mm-hmm. a novel, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the further adventures of Mace Windu. We I like to think movie. of him as Crazy Mace. Crazy Mace. Because we figure after that fall, Crazy you know, Mace. He's just oh, Star Wars. He's just story. digging through trash cans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And has completely forgotten his connection to the Force. He's got yeah. Shaw Guerrero hair. And he's yeah. got a little bird living up in there. <laughs> and uh, he just has wacky adventures. You know? Crazy Mace, a Crazy Star Mace. Wars story. I like it. I like it. But the uh, <laughs> the Han Solo standalone film is uh, well on its way. What are you looking forward to for that? Oh, I I, I think I'm really looking forward to seeing how Han and Chewie kind of meet yep. and how that friendship. My my guess, it probably doesn't start well. Oh, interesting. That's my guess. Interesting, right? Because they're very the, different uh, people. Yeah, oh, very different yeah. people. And because some of my be- very best friends in life, the f- couple of first times we met, we didn't get along. Right. And now that's an interesting. Now they're my brothers. I love that idea. That the first time they meet, maybe they're not. Yeah, they're, they're real adversaries, close. perhaps. Right. Or there's a lot of friction, or they possibly get in a ballroom so brawl I, I'm, I'm or really something. I'm looking forward to seeing how that relationship grows. Right. Yeah. Because, like I said, one of my very best friends, when we met the first time, we played basketball against each other at the rec center, and I thought we were going to get into a fist fight. <laughs> and now one of his daughters is my goddaughter. Like, wow. We're best friends. Yeah. I love them to death. Crazy how that happens. Yeah. One of my Very best- Star Warsy. I mean, look at. Han and Leia, they didn't always get along, and then uh, look at well, look at him now. I guess we can't say that. And uh, then even with Lando, like and Lando, right? Like, how did he win the Falcon? You know, it's those little right. stories that could be really, I think, pretty compelling for whether you're a new fan or mm-hmm. your original generation. You know, right? Now you obviously had a you know a, a business interest in Rogue One, but you're also being a Star Wars fan. You had a personal vested interest in that film. Yep. Um, were you? What were your feelings when you came out of that the first time? Wow. Uh, so getting a chance to work on this, just in general, with with the great group of people at Nissan and Lucasfilm and our agency teams, it was were you spoiled? No, you weren't spoiled. So no. you know, you're behind the scenes. No, I, I because what we've done is we wanted to complement 
what was being shown in the movie, not do exactly what was in the movie. Mm -hmm. So where we shot at, you know, it's very desert looking to kind of give it that look, mm -hmm. but it's not Scarif. Right. It's a different world. But it, you could definitely, when you see the, the commercials that we've done and the VR that you just saw, Jimmy, like... Mind-blowing. You feel like you're in something that's from the Star Wars universe. Right? Oh, my God. And that's God. what we wanted. We didn't want to be exactly on Scarif. Mm -hmm. um, so working through all of that was just amazing. And so, yeah, when I went to see Rogue One, I was surprised just like everybody else. Yeah. I knew nothing about my favorite part. I love the whole movie. Right. But those last, like, five, ten minutes... The corridor. Oh, my god. The goodness. corridor. And then the, leading uh, up to the princess. Uh, uh, the yeah. actors, you know, the principal Amazing. actors didn't even know. Right, right. You know, that was a last-minute uh, sort of decision that they made, and they saw it, you know, when it was screened at Skywalker uh, Ranch for you know, them. this will probably be an unpopular opinion, because so many people loved everything about Rogue One and all the technological breakthroughs they made with the CGI, but i got to be honest with you. I watched the original 77... Star Wars, A New Hope. And I'm looking very closely at Tarkin. I think the CGI was way better back then than it is now. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I think so, too. I think yeah. so, too. My, I was watching it again the other day, and, and one of my boys said, what do you mean he's CGI? Rogue One. For, no, no, I'm talking about but, but I'm, A I'm New just Hope. Saying, he, was, he, he still thought it was the same exact guy from A New Hope. And I said, well, you know, both of them are CGI. I think they and did was better. Like, but it was, was like, what? It was better Peter Cushing... Than Peter Virtual Cushing. Peter Cushing in A New Hope than it is in Rogue One, correct? Right. Peter Cushing, right, yeah, pretty remarkable. okay, yeah, it's a joke, right? Yeah. Yeah. Peter Cushing okay. is pretty. Here come remarkable. the emails. You're, you're like, Jimmy Swank's, doesn't know. Swank's looking at me like, okay, this is a dead horse. Is, how long <laughs> is Mac going to keep beating this thing? All right, tell us a little bit about uh, the Nissan Rogue One while we got you here. Yeah, so uh, it's we're really excited about this vehicle. Uh, it is our hottest selling vehicle right now. Uh, we actually sold more in December than any other car in our company's history. Really? Yeah. See, Over I don't like hearing this because you're going to run out of them by the time I finally convince my old lady that we should get one. So that's the overall Rogue. The, the Nissan Rogue, Rogue One Star Wars Limited Edition, we have only but a little bit left. Oh. Some dealers don't even have them. I don't We're like the sound out. of that. We made 5000 and they're going quick. And I got a feeling, my gut's just telling me, People seeing it here. We had it over at the 501st Bash last night. I think they're going to be gone really soon. So if you want one, Jimmy, you better get Wendy convinced. So if I go to my Nissan dealer and they have them in stock, I could take one out for a test drive? If the dealer allows it. If the dealer allows it. Because, now, because some, what dealers, might do? What some might... dealers have been saying, we don't want to put a lot of miles on it. Because when you take it, mm. you want it to be that brand new right. car. But some are letting you take it out for a test drive. Okay. Because what are some I get, of? The, oh, I get the feeling that they would just put me in the regular Rogue, which is an awesome car, and I love it. But I, you know, I want to just drive down the street with the Star Wars bling, even if it's just one time. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Maybe I'm sure a dealer will help you out. Speaking okay. of the bling, Jeremy, what are some of the features that make this different from you know the off-the-shelf Rogue vehicle? Yeah. So uh, we started with two colors. You can get it black or white. Now those are available in other other Rogues. Mm -hmm. But we use those as starting points to say we want this to look like a stormtrooper and a death trooper. Yeah. And uh, so from there, we blacked out the grill, the wheels, the door handles, the roof rails, and other parts around the car to give it that real sinister classic stormtrooper or the new death trooper look. You vaderized it. That, that is a term <laughs> I've heard that they're called now, that when you do high gloss black, some people call it vaderized. And I was like, that is spectacular. I love that. <laughs> uh, but um, so we started there. We also added the Bose audio system. 
which you do not get standard on the SUV, but you do on this package. Mm -hmm. And the panoramic dual moonroof. So your front and second row has a big moonroof, so you can let the stars in, so to speak. Fantastic. Um, so from there, we said, you know, what would be the right elements that are from the Star Wars universe that we could add in? And it starts with the badge. And working with the team over at Lucasfilm, and even Kathleen Kennedy herself approved it. I was so proud to hear that. And yeah. uh, we worked closely with the team to get the color right. We wanted to look like one of the logos that you see in the movie. And uh, so that's where it started. Mm -hmm. We added that on the inside on the floor mats. We added the Star Wars logo on the kick plate. So that's when you open the door, the little sill that's right there before you get in. And it's illuminated, so it lights yes. up. Yes. And then around the back, um, actually also, too, on the inside, we have the Rebel and Empire logos on the cup holders. Mm -hmm. We have those uh, same logos on the back of the vehicle. And on the very, very back is also Star Wars as a logo. And it's not just a awesome logo, but it's also functional because that whole thing is a bumper protector, so it helps with scratches as you're taking stuff in and out of the car. Wow. It's a great so ride. Cool. You know, the one of the hallmarks of Star Wars collecting, a lot of collectors, they like one to keep in the package and one to take out of the package. <laughs> Are you aware of anyone who's bought this vehicle specifically to not drive it, to keep it as a showpiece, as a collectible? Well, it's uh, it's interesting. There's, uh, there's one that I know of, and he's not keeping it as a showpiece. He's keeping it for his grandson. Ooh, interesting. I heard about this story for a dealer oh in New gosh. York. He sold one. This is one of the very first ones we sold in uh, late November, I believe. And uh, the dealer said, uh, yeah, this guy bought it for his six-year-old grandson, so it'll be his first car. So he's going to prepare the car so he can go into storage and have, like, no miles put on it. Wow. Well, if that I'm guy like, is listening right now and he needs other, any other grandchildren, <laughs> I'm... Uh, I was thinking <laughs> the same thing. <laughs> Hi, Grandma. That's incredible. That's amazing. Wow. So, because yeah. I was thinking to myself as you were describing it, like, it's so beautiful. You know, I, I would almost, you know, I'd be out cleaning it up, make sure the logo is looking good. So and, yeah, it really would be. Out there with the yeah. fine chamois. Yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Fabulous. I would never get to my wife's car. So speaking <laughs> of collectibles. Yeah. So while this car to me is like a big collectible, that's the way we see it as well. Right. 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 You also get another collectible with it. Have you guys heard about this? Yeah, well, several times, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we're talking about the Death Trooper helmet, of course. That's right. That's yeah. right. So uh, we, we talked to the Lucasfilm team and said, well, what kind of collectible could we provide a customer that's exclusive to Nissan that you can't get anywhere else when you buy or lease this car? Mm -hmm. So they came back to us and said, well, we have this team over at Gentle Giant. Have you heard of them? And I said, well, of course. Right. You know, I've got a few collectible pieces from them myself. <laughs> right. Sure. And uh, they came back and they said, well, uh, we'd like to say since you have one of your cars as a Death Trooper inspired looking vehicle, what about a full scale Death Trooper helmet? So it's it's not wearable. I like to clarify that for everybody, but it's on a stand and it is it is very movie accurate. It is. It's awesome. Yeah, it's great that yeah. our, our, our friends at the uh, RFR kickoff bash were just drooling over it. I yeah, mean, I was proud to show it over there. It was good. Did you have a good time at the bash? Oh, yeah, that was great. And I love Sheldon's new movie. Yeah, oh, the Galaxy right. Listen. So you yes. guys are great. Yeah, thank we'll you. Be get, thank you very much, Jeremy. We'll, we'll be getting that out for everyone to see online oh, that's great. in the next uh, few days. So uh, we'll make an announcement about that, about how everyone at home can see it. Because yeah, we're really proud of him. And you be. Sheldon it's, it's did great. a great job. You guys, I, I've, I've listened to you guys even back when it was the Forcecast. Oh, my gosh. And uh, We and go I back felt, a long time. We do. We do. I, I fell out of podcast listening for a while there, just for whatever reason. But I've been back for over a year and a half and listening to you guys. And I, I love it. Well, you used to have those long commutes, right? Yes. So, oh, yeah. Uh, when uh, I lived up in Michigan, yeah, my drive could be two hours plus sometimes. And so, uh, yeah, it would fill the time for sure. Well, Jeremy is and talking about Star Wars. Why not? 
right, right. Is this it then for this display? Any other dates uh, where uh, you know that folks across the country might be able to see? Well, this particular this? display, yeah, this will be it for this display. Unfortunately, um, at least it currently stands. Um, so Stan, Steve Sansweet's going to be around picking up all this stuff. I'm here sure he will. I'm sure. <laughs> actually, hours. Steve, we had him over here yesterday. He did, did the you? VR. Oh yeah, and he was blown away. He was blown away. Well, if Steve can do it, then I mean, Steve I guess I, I should be able Jason's to. Jason's a little yeah. nervous about well, motion yeah. sickness or yeah, whatever. I've been I riding around the, uh, the no. city with uh, Jimmy the last few days. <laughs> well, and I can understand that. His eggs yeah. are scrambled. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> but but uh, I, it's it's something everyone should try out. It's fully yep. immersive. The amazing technology. You really feel like you are in the cockpit of the Nissan Rogue as you're driving through this amazing Star Wars battlefield. As a matter of fact, when they removed the headset, I was shocked to see you guys here. I was like, oh, I'm still here. He looked like Dorothy at the end of The Wizard of Oz. And you were there. And you were there. (laughs) I felt like, well, none of you guys were there. but (laughs) It was a great thing. A great booth. uh, Great virtual reality experience. And a great ride. Thank you. With the Nissan. So yeah. uh, all of our listeners, if you want more information, NissanUSA.com is the place to go. N- Nissan USA. Uh, find a dealer near you. Take one out for a test drive and tell them Rebel Force Radio sent you. Awesome. I appreciate yeah. it, guys. Thank Jeremy, you, Jeremy, always a pleasure. Thank you. Rebel Force Radio. You've already made that Star Wars reference. Your source for the Force. Star Wars parody. <laughs> all right. Now, there was a story that popped up. Uh, I think I, 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 I have it here. It was that, um, did Mark Hamill give away Ray's parentage back in 1983? <laughs> Is it possible? And they cited a interview that he did with Jim, someone that you knew and worked with. Yes. The late, great Gene Siskel. That's right. Yeah, I worked with him and Roger Ebert. Uh, both of them are not with us anymore, but they are uh, Chicago and national legends. I mean, these guys basically put film reviewing on the map. And Gene and Roger, but Gene was like, God, did he love Star Wars so much. And um, he was really pumped up for Return of the Jedi. And so uh, I guess, Jason, I was unaware of the story attached to this. This was just a piece of audio that Paul Bateman had passed along. Hmm. And I assumed that he wanted us to talk about it on the show. And the second I saw it, I knew I wanted to talk about it. But this is this is audio, or I'm sorry, this is a video piece that I I don't know if I'm really familiar with. It It, it seemed fresh to me. But I, it feels familiar at the same time, you know? It's, uh, it's kind of like landing on Dagobah. <laughs> so, um, so I was really thrilled to watch it. And at the very end of this piece, uh, Gene is reviewing Return of the Jedi, featuring some of his interviews with Anthony Daniels and Mark Hamill. And at the end of the piece, he starts talking about uh, th- some of the things that were a little irritating to Mark working on the Star Wars saga. And then it gets really interesting because they start talking about the next trilogy. And they're not talking about the prequels. This is 1983, and you hear Mark Hamill talking to Gene Siskel about what could happen in the sequel trilogy. So it's a really great piece of audio, and uh, we're, we're happy to play it for you here right now. So check it out. It begins with, again, Gene reporting on some of the things that irritated Mark about his role as Luke Skywalker and uh, working on the Star Wars films. 
Mark Hamill complains that Harrison Ford, who plays his pal Han Solo, gets all of the good dialogue. Keep your distance, so Chewie, but don't look like you're trying to keep your distance. I don't know. Fly casual. You see, when it gets a little bit too square and a little bit too cornball, cut to Harrison rolling his eyes, going, are you kidding me? We're going in there with that thing. And the audience roars because it releases that sort of feeling of, oh, this is a little, I shouldn't be enjoying this so much. But even though Mark Hamill has these complaints, he told us that, yes, he would be willing to star in another Star Wars movie. And hang on for this exclusive, producer George Lucas has told Hamill to, yes, get ready for another role in the year 2000. George has talked to me marginally about doing something at the turn of the century in the last trilogy, but it wouldn't be on the same plane of existence, if you know what I mean. What it sounds like is that he offered you a job to play a father and Luke Jr. around the year 2000. You're a very clever man, Mr. Siskel. Actually, that was quite easy, Don. I want you to know. So first, it looks like there's going to be a set of three more Star Wars movies that take place before the three weeks. And then, at the end of the century, isn't that wonderful to stick around for? Three more ending with Luke becoming a father. That's the Star Wars experience, one of the most amazing chapters in entertainment history. Wow. Well said, Gene Siskel. <laughs> Gene well was said. great. Gene yeah. was great. But let's focus in on the things that Mark said. Yeah. Uh, he said he would come back as the same character, but it wouldn't be on the same plane of existence. Yeah, that's uh, that's very mortisy almost. I mean, right. that's, that's a kind of... Uh, that's so funny you said that. Yeah. That's exactly what I was thinking. Is he referring to Luke's relationship to the Force? And where does that relationship put him as far as a steward of the Force? Mm. Then that yeah. leads us... Where, where does that lead us to? That Mortis trilogy wouldn't be on the same plane of existence. On the same plane of existence of what? Are you referring to the Luke Skywalker we see in Return of the Jedi? Then the Luke we meet in the year 2000 will be on a different plane of existence. I think he's talking specifically about Luke and his connection to the Force. But then Gene takes it up a notch and <laughs> says, Luke's a father and Luke will be training his offspring. And that's when Mark says, you're a very wise man, Mr. Cisco." But what surprised me about that is that Gene <laughs> made the leap from something quite heady, you know, like plane of existence to fatherhood. I, I, I mean, I, you know, Gene was a very smart man. I would have never made that leap. I would have, you know, kept it more in the spiritual realm rather than. Oh, you're talking about fatherhood here. Maybe at the same time, Gene was experiencing fatherhood for the first time, and that was weighing heavily on his mind. But Mark plays along with that. Mm -hmm. And then Gene goes on specifically to say in his wrap-up that Luke will have a son. So, I mean, he does say that, doesn't he? I don't know if he comes out and says... He has a son, but he does talk about... Oh, he says Skywalker Jr., I think. Yeah, is Luke what he Jr., says. right. He does talk about uh, the prequels coming out before the sequels. Yes. 
so he would have probably put you know the prequels happening sometime maybe in the in the early 90s and then then 2000 you've got the uh you know the sequel trilogy that is if george didn't take 10 years off was it 10 years or longer than that yeah Yeah, about 10 years because if you consider uh jedi was released in 83 Mm-hmm. And George started writing his first treatments for episode one, and I believe it was November 94. So, okay. you know, yeah, maybe about 10, 10 years, 11, right? 10, 11 or so. And, uh, but he obviously had to start playing around with ideas with Star Wars. He was obviously working on it long before he had the documentary crew up into his office above the garage and started to write down the first, uh, <laughs> you know, remember he leans back in his chair and he's like all I need is an idea that's all I need is an idea why is it that that uh, that 1983 to let's even say you know 1997 the or, or, or 93 when we first started hearing the rumors of uh, Star Wars why did that seem like an eternity Compared to, you know, 2005 to 2015 when we got The Force Awakens. Well, for you and me personally, it's because we were kids and time just drags on. You know, I mean, the older you get, the older you get. This is uh, something for our younger listeners. Here's a newsflash. The older you get, the faster time goes. Trust me. Right. I still think it's 1998. (laughs) I'm not kidding. Yeah, I know you're not. I saw your wardrobe. that's going to wrap things up here this week at rebel force radio so great to have you with us always a pleasure to spend time talking the wars and our sponsors big thanks to nissan the nissan rogue star wars rogue one limited edition go to nissanusa.com for a dealer near you and big thanks to our pal jeremy meadows there for his insights into not just the Nissan Rogue One Limited Edition, but also the Star Wars trailer and just being a Star Wars fan in general. Also, thanks to our friends at Tops and the Star Wars Card Trader app. Don't forget, your experience as a Star Wars fan is not complete until you've made the pilgrimage to the world's greatest Star Star Wars museum. That's Rancho Obi-Wan. So go to RanchoObiWan.org today. Become a member and get that trip planned. It's not going to happen if you don't take the first steps. The first steps, become a member and get that trip planned. If you'd like to play with us in between shows, we'd love to hear from you. Show at rebelforceradio.com. That's the email address. Also, the voicemail line, 708-320-1737. That's 708-3201-RFR. Leave us a voicemail or you can email an audio file to us. They get that. Show at rebelforceradio.com. Uh, Facebook, 
breaking news, links to stories, and just great conversation happening there at facebook.com slash rebelforceradio. The official website for all things Rebel Force Radio can be found at rebelforceradio.com, including all the show archives for Rebel Force Radio, the latest news, merchandise, Rebel Force, including Rebel Force Radio t-shirts, so much more. By the way, I just wore my Bash t-shirt yesterday. Oh, yeah. yeah. Styling, styling. I was styling in that Bash t-shirt. That's such a great piece of artwork that our pal Chris Emerim did. Great work. Uh, you can also find Rebel Force Radio streaming at WGNplus.com. Uh, we're on Spotify. We're, we can be found on Google Play, uh, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and just about anywhere else you can find podcasts. We're also an official friend of Wikipedia. What a great resource. They are the ultimate online Star Wars encyclopedia at wikipedia.com. It became show prep or movie prep, filming prep for Jen Urso. And her name is escaping me. It just left my head. <laughs> Felicity I just keep Jones. Felicity Jones. I was thinking <laughs> Daisy Ridley. Oh, wow. You're, anyway, you're, definitely, Jones, you're definitely in episode eight mode right now. I am. I am all about the episode. Eight. Still thinking about Benicio del Toro as some kind of uh, gambler, scoundrel, a la Lando type character hanging on that casino planet with a cape. With a cape. By the way, I'd love to live on a casino planet. Just one big casino. Uh, you can also find us weekly at jedinews.co.uk, yodasnews.com, and the official Star Wars website, starwars.com. We'll see you next time, guys. Love you all so much. For Rebel Force Radio, I'm Jason. And I'm Jimmy Mack. And remember... The Force will be with you, always. Internet, help me out!